0: Hi, welcome to Dreamland, mental escapes for everyone. This is a podcast designed to whimsically whisk you away through guided imagery. Before you dive in, here's a quick note about how to use this podcast. Visualization is meant to act as a gentle, safe place for you to go inside your head, whenever you need to get away, a sheltered nook of scenes and stories to guide your mind to a calm, relaxing, and restful space. The scenes will be familiar, wholesome, sometimes real, and sometimes unreal. Guided imagery is a powerful and restorative relaxation technique. As your imagination is guided through various sensory suggestions, your mind and body should respond as though what you are imagining is real. If you're having trouble visualizing throughout the story, that's alright. Try not to stress. Just focus on what you can and on calming and quieting your mind. It will take some time in the beginning to concentrate, so center your attention to the descriptive language as you are guided through this exercise. Think of my voice as a cozy chaperone to walk you through a safe path of relaxation. I am keeping you company and painting a picture with words for a meditative getaway. Begin by finding a place to relax and make sure the room is a comfortable temperature. Please find a position that you are most comfortable in. This might be lying down on your back with your arms gently resting at your side, or you might be sitting on the ground with your legs crossed. You could also just be in a chair. Just try to find a position that suits you and listen to your body. Take a moment here to relax into position. Take a soothing, deep breath and feel the weight of your body sink into the ground or chair as you relax, preparing to use your imagination. Take in a slow, deep breath through your nose if you are able and exhale slowly through your mouth. In your own time, please take another slow, deep breath, exhaling slowly again, allowing yourself to release any feelings of tension, stress, and anxiety that you may hold. Once more, when you're ready, please take in another deep breath Hold it for a count of three and exhale slowly once more, feeling as if you are really letting go of any negativity and stress. Allowing a calm wave of relaxation to wash over you as you let your subconscious mind to open, giving your conscious mind a break, while the vast, uninhibited part of your imagination is allowed to play in this gentle mental getaway for a while. And then resume breathing normally for the rest of this exercise. You are standing upon a planked, circular platform that is protected by wooden beams and a thatched dome ceiling, a structure that almost resembles a gazebo or the pavilion stationery. This one has become slowly and safely airborne, a slow-moving platformed lift that is serving as an elevator, bringing you to the top of an elven city in the sky, built into and around the giant trunks of ancient sequoia trees. Looking up, you can see the underside of dozens of rounded large platforms and the sides of numerous round cabins glowing with soft yellow light from their interiors, some hidden by branches and bushy leaves dangling from the boughs of the sequoias. The sky in the distance is a bubblegum bubbly pink in the fluffy remnants of cumulus clouds floating overhead, highlighting a star-sparkling dusty lavender night sky contrasted against the earthen bark of the large trees, their leaves, and the emerald green fairy lights decorating the branches above yellow-lit homes and shops in the treetop city above. The journey to the top of the platform is slow, and creaks with the clickety-clackety of pulleys, levers, and a bit of mechanical magic as it rises to the platform's entrance at the heart of the largest tree. The gazebo elevator becomes parallel with an octagon platform as it completes its upward lift, securely locking into place with a pleasant popping and kerplunking of gears and mechanisms joining together in architectural intricacies and precision craftsmanship. As you step out of the safety of the lift and onto the airborne wood plank pavilion, you can see the expanse of this labyrinthian treetop village, connected by curved suspension bridges and interlocking platforms built around the thick tree trunks. Some of the buildings have been built around the trees as well, the living timber serving as sections of wall and some even have lengthy spiral staircases leading down to the forest floor. The cityscape extends for quite a bit into the distance, the misty mauve clouds of the setting sun veiling the exact size and expanse of this treetop metropolis. The small homes and shops are a variety of different shapes. Some circular and round, with acorn-like tops for roofs. Others are more traditional, brick buildings in long rows, craftsman-style houses, and Tudor-style architecture in two-toned opulence, made of half-timber, half-ornate rectangular windows, in whimsical arrangements. The building closest to you is one of grand stature, and stands out amongst the other charming quaint and rather cute stylized buildings this one is much taller than the others and takes up most of its own platform the art deco styling out front and the light shining in the beamed auroras behind the building give little clue to the type of place that this is but as you grow closer to the doors under a stone arch that has been overrun with green holly and ivy framing the entrance you can see above the doors in gilded cold lettering, a sign that reads, Songweaver's Opera Hall. While you are standing upon a platform built into an ancient tree, there are smaller, yet still quite tall, many-leaved sycamore trees, reaching up as tall as the concert hall, framing its stony opulence. Trees upon trees which give you a sense of the grandiose size of the platforms which this treetop city has been built. You notice at the top of the domed roof, the holly and climbing ivy has woven its way to the top of the Art Deco style stone vaulted ceiling on the second story, the two halves of the arch joining together in a swirling grey and green carved heart at the top. The many paned windows above the stone archway are illuminated in glowing white and gold lights from the interior, indicating a performance either happening currently or soon to be. Yellow sunsprite roses and bursting blue hydrangeas spill out of an abundance of terracotta pots, lining the curved steps that lead up to the theater, and you quickly skip up the steps, wondering if you can hear a bit of the performance if one is happening. Faintly, you can hear a few notes of a much-beloved pop tune, I'm yours, being sung in the swooping calypso melody, echoing and reverberating from inside the concert hall. Stepping down from the stone stairs and back onto the platformed road, you take the nearest connecting bridge, just a few short steps, onto the next pavilion. It's becoming more clear that you have been brought to the arts district of this elven metropolis as the next building you encounter is a 4 storied treehouse library. You can see studious patrons sitting at desks in the lit windows, and the large boughs of an oak tree have been curved and formed over time to frame the building as it winds upwards, its mighty trunk taking up almost the entire left side of the structure. Green amaranthus and purple verbena dangle along the building and tree limbs in decorative viney bunches, amaranthus to symbolize eternal, everlasting love and immortality, and verbena to represent healing, creativity, and happiness, a perfect placement for the outside of this learning center. On the second story is a large extended deck with a gigantic telescope pointed at the sky, and you make note that you'd like to return to this ancient anthenaeum at some point to peruse the books and take part in stargazing. As you continue walking along the wood-planked road, still upon the same platform, just down the way you notice a gorgeous glass building glowing in coral illumination, surrounded by an abundance of flowers, both in the garden outside and within the glass building. This is clearly the library's plant nursery. Following the natural flow of the path closer to the greenhouse, you walk beside a large, white magnolia bush with open blooms, wafting their gently fruity floral scent into the air as you pass. Framing the large, doorless entryway, are two large witch hazel shrubs the stringy, golden-yellow and crimson flowers tickling you softly as you walk by. Witch hazel is often praised for its medicinal properties, but it is also said to symbolize protection, magic, and mysticism. White-climbing jasmine runs along the length of the greenhouse, and you pass by a stone-carved elven sundial with the symbols of the zodiac carved into its face. You run your fingers over your star sign, feeling the smooth edges of the figures in embossed stone before continuing your way out of the greenhouse gardens. You've reached the end of this platform and cross another, longer bridge to another part of the city, this section appearing out of the mist, seeming to be a more standard row of shops and businesses underneath the glowing canopy of a purple-blossoming royal empress tree It is said in some eastern cultures that a phoenix will only perch on the branches of this type of sacred tree, with its heart-shaped leaves and foxglove, thimble-style periwinkle flowers, and its symbolism of good luck and fortune. Warm-toned Edison lights line the frames and the roofs of every building, providing an inviting glow as you walk towards the shopping district, upon the gently sloped, long platform dock connecting the art section of town to this shopping center. The platform is gigantic, about the same size as the first that you explored, but this one has been whimsically spaced and barely planned. Shops join together and facing each other down a narrow alleyway in a charming, haphazardly placed and plotted length of this pavilion. The inn is one of the only freestanding buildings built into the side of the large tree trunk the platform is built around. You make note of the large log cabin looking building as you will be returning here shortly to turn in for the evening. Stuck to an illuminated electric gas lamp is a street sign that reads Cedar Court, denoting the entrance to the narrow yet rather short and stumpy alleyway with shops lining either side of the strip. The first building has books spilling out of the doors and onto the streets, named Figments of Imagination. Beside it is the Pine Art Gallery, with its emerald sign and gilded cold lettering. Next, a yeasty smelling bake shop hours after closing called the Philosopher's Scone perhaps a place that you can grab a bite to eat in the morning when the bakery reopens. This shop in particular is wildly colored with bubblegum pink paint and a daffodil yellow door to the left of the display window featuring the many different breads, cakes, and confections that are available. Further down the alleyway, but also closed, is a shoe shop with a large cobbler sign reading, Roots Boots! The street is short, given the circumference of the pavilion it's built upon, and you reach the end of this side of the row, finally finding an open shop. The hardware store. Walnuts and bolts. Its shopkeeper is hammering away at something at his register through the open door of the dark brown building with a crimson awning. There is another, very deeply sloped bridge made out of a wonky, warbly branch of the Empress tree, leading to another large platform with a tiered and towered wooden castle with seafoam green spires, but the way is closed with a simple sparkling gold woven rope held up by stanchion frames on either side of the bridge. There is little indication if this part of the city is open to the public or who might occupy the natural opulence of the large home At the edge of this wooden lane but you consider returning in the morning to see if tours are provided and turn back down the alley to explore the shops on the opposite side of the street a toy shop in cerulean blue with a bright red and white awning greets you happily though this store too is closed given the late hour of your wanderings the display window is well lit Highlighting some of the cuter toys available for purchase. A large plush giraffe, a huge ferris wheel, and a white rocking horse stand lit with alternating marquee lights in the first half of the display window as you pass by the front door with a sign overhead reading, An Ebro's Enchanting Emporium in silver letters against the blue of the building. In the second display window, on the second half of the store, several toy airplanes and a striped hot air balloon hung from the ceiling dangling over a Tyrannosaurus, holding a colorful kite next to a set of Russian nesting dolls and an elaborate train set, still on, whirling around its track politely. Beside the toy store is a clock repair shop Called Hickory Dickory Dock, followed by a mystic shop, which catches your eye in a bewitching way with the neon glow of its window signs, glowing in sky blue and emerald green cursive, saying tarot card reader, psychic readings, and most importantly, open, indicating you could step inside should you want to know your fate. The black awning hanging out the maw storefront is decorated with several stars and a crescent moon surrounding the words, Stormseeker's secrets, tarot, palmistry, and fortune-telling. Below the small rectangular display window with the glowing neon signs, two painted tarot cards are featured, stacked atop each other, though both are clearly visible almost in their entirety. The top card is a magician, standing with one arm outstretched upwards to the sky and the other pointing down to the earth. He wears an infinity halo and an Ouroboros snake belt shrouded in a red cloak. Standing in front of a table with a coin, a sword, a stick, and a chalice, the number one features top center of the card and the bottom is an array of foliage and flowers. Stacked below this card is The Fool, card zero. A young man standing upon the edge of a cliff, whimsically staring off into the distance as he sets off to wander the world and adventure. His gaze is cast up to the sky, and he's holding a tied knapsack over his shoulder and a white rose in his other hand. A small white dog happily bounces beside him and in the foreground is a set of white mountains, ever present and known, but the fool chooses to cast his gaze forward to his adventures and what's to come from the great unknown. You decide to pass the mystic shop for now, though the prospect of knowing your future is quite tempting. You continue on, passing a small pub, almost so narrow that you could have missed it, save for the magenta windows and orange door inlaid into the rest of the brick row. A black chalkboard a few steps out from the door reveals this bar is called the Laughing Gnome and a list of cocktails on the menu are featured with tree-inspired names like the Dogwood Delight and the Magnificent Magnolia. Finally, you reach the last shop on the row, pausing to stop and stare at the glittering jewels and gems on display in the bay window, sparkling in the evening's twinkling. The jewelry store is simply called Sabine's Aquamarines, though many different gems and jewels are set into the stunning pieces highlighted in the window. Pieces that catch your eye include a crescent-shaped man-in-the-moon cameo, with a sparkling diamond snowflake to its left a hexagon-cut opal surrounded by a trinity knot and metalwork and alexandrite gems, highlighting the sparkling stone, and lastly a small, tasteful tiara made of interwoven metalwork branches inlaid with pearls. You stare at the jewels wistfully, dreaming of the type of person who would own such treasures before continuing on. As you exit the alleyway, you notice that you are in fact quite tired and ready to retire for the evening, heading back around the corner to the tavern you first spotted when stepping upon this platform. As you get closer to the entrance, your eyes are able to fix on the name of this place, the Befuddled Boar and the Bashful Badger, or simply the Badger and Boar Inn. Hanging from a wooden sign is a decorative emblem that gives the place its namesake. A white boar holding a sparkling, bubbling coffee mug, back-to-back with a blushing badger, holding a square suitcase adorned with travel stickers. Large oaken barrels are stacked out front below the warm glow of the windows, surrounded by teal and pink roses springing up from between bushes of rosemary. You pluck a sprig of the small evergreen plant, feeling the smooth coolness of the needle-like leaves, rolling it between your hands to release the aromatic, woodsy, earthen pine scent. Part of the ancient tree this platform is built into is also built into the very old tavern, and you step inside the pub through the arch doorway, seeing how they've incorporated the tree into the architecture of the room. Small boulders have been built around the base of the trunk, protecting it from the nearby fireplace. A circular wooden chandelier has been removed of any candle or light fixtures and instead has been replaced with creeping flora dangling from the ceiling. Fragrant white moonflowers, pink trumpet vines, and periwinkle wisteria hang cheerily from the repurposed light fixture and octagonal electric lanterns illuminate the pink, white and purple flower bunches in a pleasant, contrasting yellow hue. The pub floors are gray sandstone tiles leading to a bar with a huge wall of bottled spirits in every size and color bottle imaginable. To the left of the bar is a wide, narrow staircase leading to the second floor dining area and a hallway beyond which holds many of the inn's rooms. The barkeep slides you a silver skeleton key, the circular top simply decorated with a hollow, sideways figure eight, or the infinity symbol. A translucent, glittering ribbon has been tied to a small tag with the number 143 stamped onto it, revealing your room number, and you make your way to your accommodations for the evening. Once inside the opulent room, your eyes are flooded with the star-filled sky beaming in through large, arched windows and a domed glass ceiling, the sparkling celestials above on full display and easily observable. The overstuffed bed has been turned down already with its silken pillows stacked comfortably against the large headboard and you grab the plush gray blanket wrapping it around you like a cape, or perhaps a hug, before laying down on the softness of the bed to enjoy a bit of stargazing before you cast off to dreamland. You feel a sense of serenity and calm as you look up at the universe above and beyond the forest greenery, picking out constellations and watching the occasional falling star traveling across the horizon. A brilliant white bulb soars across the sky with an ocean blue and emerald green tail of light as it trails across the darkness of the night sky. And if you're the type to make wishes, you may even choose to close your eyes tightly and make a wish on this special shooting star. You feel yourself drift off to sleep feeling peaceful and content in the safety and warmth of your treetop tavern room. Your heart is full of overflowing energy and love from the serenity of your explorative time adventuring in the treetop city. You may stay here in this place, focusing on whatever details you'd like for as long as you'd like and the comfort and peace this place brings you know that you can return to this spot or any place inside the forest whenever you need a mental escape to take you away. When you are ready, you may slowly open your eyes, take a deep breath, and give yourself a big, gentle stretch to return to the real world. Or, you can relax the rest of the way and drift off into a peaceful, Serene sleep.